In Your Money Today, Carolyn Wright takes a look at the health of the property market here. Good morning, Carolyn. Good morning. In Your Money Today, I'm going to take a look at the property sector, in particular the outlook for 2024 and a tiny look at aspirations of young people towards owning a home. I'm joined by Victoria Allen, who is founder and director of Habitat Property. Thank you for joining me today, Victoria. Pleasure. Hi, Caroline. How are you? I'm good, thank you. So let's start with your outlook for the residential market, both the mass market and luxury. Where are they headed in 2024 and is there a significant difference between the two? Well, I think hopefully I think we're nearing the bottom of the market. I think that uh, the market came off a lot during 2023, particularly the last six months since the summer. I think... uh, Hong Kong really felt the impact of the China slowdown and a lot of the um, property debt crisis in China. And obviously there's like been a lot of, you know, sentiment is is very weak and soft, you know, combined with interest. There's a lot of things to making that sort of happen. Interest rates as well, you know, global outlook on equities, two walls. I mean, you know, so sentiment really is, is soft. So I think at the moment, I think the market probably came off 20% last year, the last half of the last year. And I think no, I think we're close to the bottom. You know, you may see a little bit more of a downside still in the market, maybe another 5%. I think we're getting close to the bottom. Um, and I would expect we'll probably hit the bottom in the next three to four months. And then I would expect, I don't expect the market to turn around really quickly, but I think you'll see buyers for self-use start to come in once they feel we're close to the bottom. Now, are there any particular factors you're looking towards to really drive this change? And could the government introduce any measures that would help? Look, I think, to be honest, it's going to be a, like, I think it'll be a bit of a slow process to turn around because I think that the economy really in Hong Kong is weak and we're still recovering, coming out of COVID as well. I think the government does need to drive the economy more and it would be very helpful if the government removed the remainder of the cooling measures. You know, there's absolutely no need in such a weak market um, to have any cooling measures remaining. I mean, it's it's uh, it's really continuing to, if anything, drive the market down more, um, which I don't think is helpful at this point. So hopefully the government may review, maybe, uh, maybe in their next budget, maybe we'll see the government pulling back Maybe not all the cooling measures, but maybe removing this site, particularly like the second home purchase and things like that. So maybe that's the thing. But again, while I think that will help the market a little bit, I don't think will dramatically change pricing at all. The market's too weak to have that uh, like really result in a change in pricing. So let's take a look now about the aspirations of younger people, because the cost of housing is really considerably higher for them. What are you seeing in terms of aspirations from young people? Do they still want to own a home? I think it is very hard for young people, not just in Hong Kong, but globally, actually, to enter the market. You know, property prices are very high. I think there's a lot of young people also, they don't want to save a lot of their earnings to put into housing. They, they don't want to sacrifice travel and general consumption of clothing or eating out and stuff to lock all that money away and try and acquire an apartment, you know, when they're young. So I think particularly coming out of COVID, I think that's really a trend we're seeing also globally where young people post-COVID, they don't want to be hampered down by having to save non-stop to put a deposit down. And I think that these young people are tending more towards maybe renting for a much longer period before they enter the housing market. And I think maybe that's the structural shift we're going to see as well. So buying property in Hong Kong is, is out of most people's reach. 
you kind of have to be a high net worth individual probably to really get on board here. And the the high net worth population in mainland China is definitely growing despite any economic problems we, we've talked about. Is Hong Kong an attractive place for them to invest in, in luxury properties, particularly that end of the market now? I think you've seen, you know, Hong Kong, you know, look, Hong Kong is a very attractive place to not just for mainland Chinese, but uh, lots of people, right? It's got a great lifestyle, a tax rate, it's got a dynamic work environment, it's got lots of lovely hiking, boating, beaches, you know, it's Hong Kong, you know, we all love it, right? We've all been here a long time. But I think that definitely for young mainland Chinese, and you're seeing this with the work scheme, you know, uh, the, which encourages people to come across, you know, majority of the people in that those those schemes are mainland Chinese. And I think, you know, Hong Kong is very attractive for them. It's a great lifestyle. The schooling is very good here. And I think that's a big appeal as well for people to have children and educate their children in Hong Kong. And I think you'll see, we're definitely seeing, I mean, look at the, there was an article the other day in, in Bloomberg where we're seeing rents, particularly at the lower end of the market, be very strong. You know, there's probably under 30 thousand a month because you've got a lot of young mainland Chinese coming in for work and, and they are, you know, obviously pushing up the rents. So that side of the market, you know, I think those, those that talent from those, that, that talent scheme, I think when they get PR, they will definitely be looking to buy because they're looking at Hong Kong as a long-term place to live. I think a while to kick in, but I think unless the government changes their policy on non-PR people being able to buy, but I think um, that will be... Uh, a shift we see over the next seven or eight years where we see, a, you know, a, a shift in young people trying to acquire, but I think this will be a lot of mainland Chinese, you know. And, and what sort of properties would you say they are looking towards? Are they looking at the luxury end of the market? Is there anything specific that they would like and desire most when they're buying a property? I think it's also probably a status thing as well of wanting to own a property after you've been here a certain amount of time to show that you're committed to Hong Kong. Not, 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 not necessarily statelessly, but more just something that indicates your commitment and um, to be living in the city and assimilating in the city. Look, we see mainland Chinese buying, you know, they're a big part, big part of our client base, and we definitely see them be, being uh, buying at the very high end of the market, at all points of the market, you know? Because there's a, you know, we also, to be honest, the majority of our mainland Chinese clients are buying now, They've already been in Hong Kong a long time, eight to 10 years, possibly longer, and already have PR. Um, so, you know, we see a lot of people, yeah, wanting to buy luxury property, yeah, from at all points of the market, definitely the very high end, middle end, bottom end. So there's definitely strong demand still there from that. So you sound like you're quite optimistic overall about about the market here. And, and though we are, you know, not in a great place immediately, things are seeming like they're going to turn around overall. Look, I mean, I think Hong Kong will turn around. I think it's going to take some time. You know, I think I expect the 24th to be, you know, I think relatively flat to mid-year. We might see a real pickup, like a bit of a pickup mid-year as, you know, the, but it depends what happens with the global economy. And it depends if the government actually steps, steps in to help stimulate the economy here, removing the cooling measures. And it, but also a lot depends on China. You know, China, you know, the China economy has a lot more, you know, big property companies start to fall over and put a lot of stress in the market, then that, you know, then if China doesn't put more stimulus into the market, then that's going to be negative overall for China and then that will be negative for Hong Kong as well.
Great to get your insights. Thank you for joining me today. That's Victoria Allen, founder and director of Habitat Property. Thanks so much for having me.